Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. So with our Bibles open to Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62, and if you didn't bring a copy of God's Word or you just want to look on the screen, uh, those verses will be on the screen, and we come to verse 57, which says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, that is, someone said this to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. That's a beautiful declaration. I'm sure it's exactly what Jesus wants to hear. But Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, this is another man, completely different person, Jesus actually looks out and says to him, follow me. But the man said to him, Lord, uh, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another This is another man, different one, third one, comes and says, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So any careful examination of the Gospels finds uh, Jesus' approach to evangelism and discipleship offering a stark contrast Uh, to the contemporary approach. You know, as it relates to the contemporary approach, it seems to me as of late, and I'm saying really the last 75 to 100 years, in the contemporary approach, it seems that the goal is to make following Jesus as easy as possible, to purposely work at taking away any and all barriers. You say, well, Pastor Mike, is there a problem with that? Well, We don't want to make following Jesus hard. That's not necessarily the point here, but we don't want to make it any easier than it was intended to be. In other words, when we get to the point where we start talking to people about Jesus and basically all we ask them to do is to nod their head in the affirmative and say there's nothing else to it, now you're in, you're part of the family, we're all going to heaven, there's a problem with that. But there are people who have made it that simple. They preach the message, do you want to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Do you believe in Jesus as the Savior and Lord? Nod your head. Okay, great. You're in the, you're in the kingdom. That's really strange. You won't find that uh, in Jesus' ministry. The contemporary approach is also somewhat heavy on appealing to the emotions of the moment. Looking to the emotions that are set up in a gathering to motivate someone to declare their allegiance to Jesus. And, and, and in these kinds of meetings, you'll find uh, guilt or fear or even the promise of bliss being offered as reasons that you need to open your heart to Jesus and begin to follow him. The problem with that approach is that for many, the emotions fade in time, and when their emotions fade, so too does the declaration of allegiance to Jesus that they made when they were feeling all warm about him. In today's passage, we find two people offering themselves to Jesus. He didn't ask them to come. He didn't call them. They come offering themselves to him. And we find one person whom Jesus did uh, look at directly and called him to come and follow him. In all three cases, what we find in this passage is Jesus identifying barriers that existed. 
And we find that having identified those barriers, listen, Jesus makes no effort to knock the barriers down. You'll see as we go through this that there are legitimate barriers. And Jesus doesn't come along and say, oh, here, honey, let let, let me me get that out of the way for you. No, he leaves the barrier right there. He acknowledges it. And then he implies that if a person is actually ready to follow him, then they must face that barrier head on. And they must move through that barrier in faith, or else they must go elsewhere and find another master to follow. Three barriers I want us to look at. The first one is found in verses 57 through 58, and I'm calling this barrier the call to sacrifice. The call to sacrifice. Matthew tells us that the man that we see here in this passage who approached Jesus and offered to follow him wherever he goes was a scribe. Now, scribes, along with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were the religious elite of Judaism. And along with the Pharisees, the scribes were those who opposed Jesus the most. And so why this scribe comes to the place where he wants to follow Jesus is anyone's guess. Perhaps it's the miracles that Jesus has been performing as of late, and he's really taken by that, and he's beginning to believe that this guy really could be the Messiah. Or maybe he found his heart being particularly moved as he heard Jesus preach about the kingdom of God, and he's saying, yes, I want to be part of that. Whatever the reason that this scribe comes to Jesus, it's obvious as we look at the text that he is enthusiastically announcing his desire to follow Jesus. Now, I'm sure that any of us who share the gospel with those who have yet to come to know Christ, any of us who do that would, would absolutely love to see someone respond to us that way. We would love to have people just falling at our feet, so to speak, saying, yes, Pastor Mike, yes, Brother David, yes, Brother Jason, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Just show me how to do it, and I'm ready to go. We would love to see that happen, and it's always great when it does happen. But you know, Jesus had a unique ability. In the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 24, it tells us that he could read the hearts of men. And by the way, women. I'm using that as a cross-the-board statement. In other words, when we look at Jesus, we find that the gift of discernment was running strong in his life. And something that Jesus discerned about this scribe was that he didn't understand that to follow Jesus was to follow him into self-sacrifice. That's where Jesus was going. He was going towards sacrifice. And those that he called to follow him or those that he accepted as his followers were expected to follow him in that same vein. Now, you know, as I've said before, the Jews were awash in misconceptions about the Messiah. Uh, They were expecting a military or a political deliverer, and uh, many in the region at this time were literally waiting with bated breath for Jesus to rise up and take charge. And if this man was, was thinking along these lines, then he might likely have been thinking that his voluntary, enthusiastic offer to follow Jesus anywhere that he would go would eventually pay off in a nice, comfortable position in the kingdom. That might have been what his motive was. I don't know. It's possible given that he is among the group that is most strongly looking for those positive things to be coming from the Messiah. But as he would soon discover, nothing could be further from the truth. Instead of just saying, yes, my son, 
I love your enthusiasm. Come on, join the crowd. Follow me. He said to the man, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. In other words, they have a home. They have a a place where they can go and rest. They, They have something tangible. But then he said, but the son of man, and that was a term that he often used about himself to identify himself as the Messiah. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. You know, when Jesus said that, any thought of following Jesus, that that would be this man's ticket to the good life was dashed on the reality that following Jesus meant following him into sacrifice. And that brings me to truth point number one today. If you have a note guide with you, I'll encourage you to fill in this particular blank. Our truth point number one comes from Mark chapter 10, verse 45, where Jesus said, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. And notice, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We sang about that this morning, about the sacrifice of Jesus. He came to give his life, not just giving it in service. It's one thing to give yourself as a servant or even to give yourself as a slave. It's another to stretch your hands out and let somebody put nails in them and put your feet together and drive nails through those and hang you up in the air on a cross until you die. That's quite another way of giving yourself. And that's exactly what we know Jesus did. And so we find this morning in this passage that there was a barrier between this scribe and Jesus, and it was the barrier of self-sacrifice. If this scribe were to follow Jesus, and we don't know if he did or didn't, Luke does not say he walked away with his head tucked between his his, uh, knees or whatever, his tail, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Luke doesn't say he just walked away sorrowful and didn't follow, nor does he say he overcame the barrier. It just leaves us with that. But if this man was going to follow Jesus, then he had to move through that barrier into the arena of sacrifice because, in part, that's what it means to follow Jesus. Barrier barrier number two we find in verses 59 through 60. And I've titled this particular barrier, A Secular Mindset. A secular mindset can be a barrier in following Jesus. Jesus. As we've already seen in reading the passage, there was another man in the crowd. And this particular man, as I identified earlier, was one that Jesus actually saw. Kind of like I'm looking at Lonnie right now. And out of all the other people, he said, follow me. Follow me. What do you think you would do if Jesus in the flesh saw you in a crowd, pointed his finger at you and said, follow me? What would you do? You know, I can't tell if this man really wanted to follow him or not. Maybe he didn't. He didn't come offering. He's just receiving a call, right? But his response indicates that there was something more pressing that would need to be dealt with before he could see himself following Jesus. And that thing that is identified is the burial of his father. Now, when you look at that, just at face value, it seems that Jesus is being quite unreasonable. I mean, who's going to say you shouldn't go and bury your father before you take off and start following me all over Palestine? That's just ridiculous. Of course, you wouldn't say that. But here's the catch. Universally among scholars, it is almost universally agreed upon that the man's father had not yet died. If the man's father had died, the question is, why are you absent from your father hanging out here around where Jesus is at? You see, the custom of that day was to bury within 24 hours of death. 
And so if this man's father had actually died, he wouldn't be there where Jesus was. He would be back home taking care of his family and dealing with his father's business. Again, what is almost universally agreed upon is that what this man is saying is that he will consider joining Jesus in his mission once the secular responsibilities of his life have been tended to. Let's define the word secular. The word secular simply means, has to do with attitudes and or activities that have no religious or spiritual basis. In other words, when we use the word secular, we're we're basically talking about those things that we would consider to be just part of the normal course of life. What are some of the things that we consider to be the normal course of life? Well, making a living, which we all have to do unless we're independently wealthy. Another thing that's just kind of like the common course of life is raising a family, and most of us would fall under the idea of that being a secular endeavor. Uh, Building a career, that would be a secular endeavor. That's what the word secular means. It's that which is not found in the spiritual context, but strictly in the natural course of life context. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.